Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby Podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get into this podcast, please be aware that this episode contains graphic details that some people may find distressing. Today on the Indo-Daily, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. Witnesses take the stand. A woman out for a jog along the Grand Canal in Tullamore saw a man crouched over a girl who was lying on the ground and kicking so hard, the Central Criminal Court heard today. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Catherine Fegan, special correspondent with the Irish Dependent, to look at the opening witnesses. Catherine Fegan in the Central Criminal Court, can you tell us about the testimony of Jenna Stack, who was also out jogging that day? Yes, today we heard from Jenna Stack. She's a primary school teacher from Tullamore and on the 12th of January 2022 Jenna and her friend were um, setting off for a jog along the Grand Canal in Tullamore um, the two gir- girls set off shortly after 3.15 Jenna told the court that she had a Garmin watch on her and she knows what time she set off so they head off running, they planned to run 7 kilometres 3, 3.5 kilometres down the canal and 3.5 kilometres back so the two girls set off and as they're, as they're running down the, the canal, uh, Jenna said that she noticed a, a bike in a, a hedgerow at the side of the canal. She said she thought it was very, very, very strange to see a bike in this position. Um, she thought it was odd. And she remarked to her friend who was jogging with her, Aoife, that she thought this was strange. A couple of minutes, maybe seconds later, the two girls uh, heard noises coming from the area beside the bike, she said it was an area of, of hedgerow, undergrowth, a lot of brambles. And she, the two girls hear these noises. She said it was very loud. Uh, it wasn't an animal, but very, very strange noise. And they assumed that there was somebody in trouble, that maybe somebody needed help. So um, Eva went over to the area and shouted in, are you OK? Do you need help? And then she turned back to Jan and said, I think there's somebody in there. So Jenna said in her evidence today that she went closer to the area, to this area of hedgerow where there's all these brambles. Uh, she moves in off, they're, they're running along the sort of, to the tarmac area there along the canal. So she steps in 
of this tarmac area and into the hedgerow um, to see to see what's going on. And she said she sees a man with his back to her and he's crouched down. She said, she says to him, are you okay? What are you doing? And he turns. And she said at this moment, she sees his face, that his teeth are grinding. And he said to her, get away. She said it was terrifying. Um, from what she could see, uh, she could also see in this in this image uh, a girl underneath the man uh, that he was leaning over her and holding her down, but she couldn't see his hands. And she, she became emotional actually when she described seeing the, the the girl's legs. This girl who we know to be Ashley Murphy, um, that her legs were kicking so hard that she was clearly crying out for help. That she was she was doing scissor kicks. And raising her, her legs really high. And she said she saw this and she thought, she thought at that point this man was going to rape her, this girl or was in the process of raping her. And he said to her, get off her. I have a phone. I'm going to call the guards. And she said she actually didn't have a mobile phone with her, um, but but said to him, look, I have a phone. I'm going to call the guards in order to get, get him to stop. She says at that point he goes to, he made a movement towards her and her and her friend became very frightened and they ran off um, back towards the area of Digby Bridge to get help. Now, she gives a description of the the man at the scene. Yes, she gave a very vivid, detailed description of the man. Uh, in her description in evidence, she said that he had sallow skin, that he had bushy eyebrows, that he had brown eyes and he had a receding hairline like it was shaved, that he had dark stubble on his skin. Uh, she was asked what he was wearing and she said that from what she could see, he was wearing a navy jacket, possibly a padded jacket, and it may have been an emblem on it. Uh, she said that she couldn't see his hands, but that uh, she was uh, confident that he spoke with a foreign accent. Now, the defence for Joseph Pushka put uh, another explanation to Miss Stack. What was that? Well, Miss Stack was cross-examined by Mr. Pushka's counsel, Michael Bowman. And Michael Bowman put it to Miss Stack that his client had instructed him that he was actually trying to assist Ashley Murphy whenever Miss Stack came upon them. Uh, she replied to that, well, he could have asked us for help, but he didn't. Um, um, Mr. Bowman also said that his client instructed him that he couldn't make out what she was saying when she said to him, what are you doing? Uh, are you okay? She said that he couldn't understand what she was saying, that you know, he may have appeared aggressive, aggressive to her, but in fact, he was confused and he didn't understand him, her um and that, in fact, this noise that the two women heard, the rustling and the breaking of the branches, um, that he maintains, Mr. Puska maintains to his barrister, this was actually him calling out in pain when his legs got caught in the briars. Uh, and he said, Mr. Bowman said that he's been instructed by his client that he was holding, uh, that, that Ashley Murphy was holding Mr. Puska's forearms because he was trying to stop the bleeding to her neck. And Mr. Bowman said to Miss Stack, you didn't see that? And she said, no. There was a, a lot of emotion in court today, would you say? Yes, this is this is day three of the trial. Um, there were a lot of, of people in court today. The public gallery was 
was full. There were people standing at the back. There were so many people in court that an overflow uh, courtroom has been opened to facilitate the numbers. We had two rows of family members belong to Ashley Murphy, including her mother, her father, her brother, sister and her boyfriend. Uh, uh, all of those, those people became quite emotional today when uh, Jenna Stack was giving her evidence about how she, how she saw Ashley Murphy's legs kicking in the air, the scissor kicks, that she was crying out for help. Um, during that point, uh, Ashley Murphy's mother, you know, she, visibly upset, holding a tissue to her face. And everybody in that row was, was hugging each other and trying to comfort each other. Uh, also in court, we have uh, a large number of Mr. Pushka's family. They're in a row, row, row at the back of the court. So they're all listening to all of the evidence. And like I said, a large number of, of general public in observing and listening to, to all of the evidence as it's coming out. There were a number of other witnesses from the from the scene uh, at the day as well. Does the trial continue tomorrow? The trial will continue tomorrow. We're going to keep keep hearing evidence from the people who were at that scene on the day, um, and then we believe we're going to be hearing some evidence from the the post mortem that was conducted on on Ashley Murphy's remains. And my thanks to Catherine Fegan. I'm Fiona Sheehan and today's episode was produced by Garrett Mulhall with sound by John Smith. You can follow all the updates from the Ashling Murphy trial on the Irish Independent. If you have been affected by this podcast, you can find a list of helplines by searching Someone to Talk To on the Irish Independent website. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.